Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of August 2012. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots of stuff for download on it for free where you can start to understand the system you're born into, your parents were born into, and you didn't know really what was going on, and they didn't know what was going on. And uh, like all mammals, if your parents don't warn you, if you don't know, then you're prey to the predators, and that's the world you're born into. We've been under a scientific uh, mindset, basically, for a long time, and they have been diddling with our minds for a long time to, to make a compliant society that parties and has good times and bad times and is always on the edge of bankruptcy, of course, and that's part of the system you're born and raised into because uh, the big boys have a plan, a world plan, and you're living through it in your lifetime. Uh, a very old plan, by the way. You'll find out uh, a lot about it, the organizations, foundations behind it, armies of non-governmental organizations, so many think tanks you can't count them all. You would take a whole bunch of broadcasts just to go through them all and what they specialize in because you're living in a new feudal system of private ownership including private intelligence ownership as well across the world so help yourself to the website remember too you are the audience that bring me to you you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can also donate as well because I don't bring on advertisers as guests or sell you anything or have shares in anything that's sold so I depend upon you the listeners to support me so if you like what you hear, you can, and I know lots of you certainly have made awfully good use of the websites according to the downloads, uh, you can help me keep going. From the U.S. to Canada, now you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can use send cash or you can use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. And straight donations are awfully, awfully, really seriously welcome right now. But you're living through a plan, a plan, of course, where billions of people across the world are manipulated uh, along the way through the generations in preparation for the unification of a world system. Uh, and first they go into multiculturalism, which really is no culture at all, and then they dissolve that gradually and bring in a new world culture of obedience. And that's the whole key to the system, obedience to the world system. And you're actually going through big stages of it right now. Um, the new world order doesn't plan to bring in a nice, a nice happy world order. It's really to do with um, a planned society and eugenics, big time eugenics, and obedient little workers for them for the next, well, who knows, many thousands of years. And I'm not kidding about that, thousands of years, because Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s talked about it in his book, uh, The Next Million Years, in fact. He said it was on behalf of his own class, his own elite group. He talked about altering society to suit themselves and to bring in an ordered uh, peasant group, basically, at the bottom, who would never complain, be very happy on very little, and that's what they're into today, in fact.
Now, academia is on board because academia, especially the higher academia, that you know, like in Britain you call it granite stone ones, and it's the Ivy League ones in America. That's your managerial class, of course, that takes over uh, on behalf of those who already own the world. And so they're, they're the ones who get the higher education into all of this and eugenics and organization and domination, etc. The, the other ones, of course, don't get the same kind of tr- the red brick universities, they call them in Britain. They don't get the same kind of stuff taught to them. So academia is pretty well all on board with this, all hoping to, to survive and make a good paycheck for themselves as they help to alter the mindset of the populations uh, which they dominate over, basically. And as I say, you're all part of it. It's like in time, really, because you'll never be bored if you are conscious at all. Those who are unconscious and in TV lands, well, they won't notice, they'll adapt. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system and how exciting it is in a sense, because if you're aware of what's happening, the reasons why things are happening, you're not fooled by the mainstream media, which of course is owned by really one organization across the world, You've got Reuters and the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute of International Affairs, it's all the same bunch really that run all of their media. And they never give you the straight truth on anything, their job is to manage us all through the big changes. And they do a good job of it, mind you. Look how well they've done so far. Look around you. But remember, too, that this system that's coming in is a feudal system. And it's very, very important because Quigley and others talked about it who worked for the Council on Foreign Relations. And they, they were the historians, in fact. And they talked about this new feudal system where it started with public-private. That's how we first heard the terms public-private enterprises as your tax money pay for big structures to go up, etc., for private companies to be handed for peanuts, like gifts almost, to, to run themselves. So you pay for the maintenance and they take all the profits. But also, too, they've even privatized intelligence services and everything else. Half for a long time, by the way. An awful long time. I mean, your company really is a pri- Your country itself is a private corporation. It's, 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 it's astonishing that the reality is opposed to the fiction that you're, you're brought up to presume. And that's what they do in school. You presume things. You're led to presume things. And then you never think outside of the box once you're in it. But what the big boys have always done is control monopolies and create monopolies. Once they have monopolies in place, and the monopolies, remember, uh, they said at the beginning when they, they formed the Cecil Rhodes Foundation along with Rothschild and they became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they said they'd go over the world and take over all of its natural resources. Now that includes people too. You are a natural resource. And, uh, but all of the gold, diamonds, water, food, minerals, everything, uh, basically, is under private corporations. Uh, uh, even though they they'll often use your tax money, because the biggest welfare recipients are these private corporations. But um, they're, they're going over it. And, of course, five big agribusinesses run the world's food supply today. And probably it's the same shareholders, the majority of shareholders, who are in each one of them. So it's really one company, as far as I'm concerned. And they're ensuring that all of the peasantry get to eat the, the GM food. And, of course, the GM stuff in corn is all fed to the cattle and all the other animals, too. So it's all through their system as well. So one way or another, you get it. 
and they themselves at the top have made, you know, there's big articles about how they won't eat it themselves. They have their own special supplies of real food, the normal stuff. But uh, it goes right down to your grocery stores. Australia's got, got that too, where only two companies, basically Coles and Woolworths, basically, are, are taking over the whole food supply and grocery stores for, for the country. I'll put this one up tonight for those who want to look through it. It's a new report by Master Grocers Australia says supermarket giants Coles and Woolworths are deliberately killing competition. Well, that's what they've always done, you see, these boys. That, that You know, competition is a sin, according to Rockefeller and others. But says Master Grocers Australia, who, who represents smaller operators, says Coles and Woolworths are saturating, saturating the market over opening oversized supermarkets to lock out competitors. And they do that. We've seen that with Walmarts and all the rest of them too. When they come into an area and they cut the prices until everybody goes to them and the small hardware stores and everything else just fall apart and out of business. And then they jack up their prices after it once the competition's eliminated. So this is the sort of stuff that's going on. And you also understand it's a very dangerous thing when agribusinesses, big agribusinesses, and and uh, big chain stores, probably related to the agribusinesses, are taking over your food supply. I mean, they've got to buy the short and curlies. It's a dangerous situation, believe you me. And also, uh, tonight I'll put up the takedown of Australia. Uh, it's about what's happening there, why it's happening, and, and the means they're using to, to push Australia down the path into total, well, private ownership by the big ones at the top, not for the ones who already thought they owned their homes, etc., because everything is a con through legalism. I'll put that up too. Now, last weekend, too, I mentioned how the exclusive uh, U.S. banks are told to make plans for preventing collapse. And Reuters talked about it. Chicago, Chicago Tribune talked about it, too. And it says that um, U.S. regulators directed five of the country's biggest banks, including Bank of America Corps, and Goldman Sachs Group to develop plans for staving off collapse if they faced serious problems, emphasizing the banks could not count on government help. The two-year-old program, which has been largely secret until now, is in addition to the living wills the bank crafted to help regulators dismantle them if they actually do fail. It shows how hard regulators are working to ensure that banks have plans for worst-case scenarios and can act rationally in times of distress. Well, they do act rationally. What they do is they funnel all the cash into overseas accounts while they crash, or before they crash, like they did the last time, because they knew what they were bringing on. There's nothing more crooked than the banking system. It's always been that way. The people who run them have got this in their blood or something. And it's always really been that way. It's a con from top to bottom. Now, this one article here, too, is about coal. coal because under the, the EPA and, and all this, the greening agenda, etc., and the carbon emissions, they're trying to put all the coal mines out of business, which is going to cause catastrophe, really, down the road. But this article here is a good one on, uh, on a, a good massive mine in the States. And it says about one train per hour, that's the target loading rate for the massive silos, conveyors and hoppers at the North Antelope Rochelle mine in Wyoming, the most productive coal mine in the world. And a cool, nearly windless day in, in March, Scott Durgan, the regional vice president for Peabody Energy, was happy standing in the mine's dispatch office. And they go through how much they put out every day. It's just astronomical. Astronomical. And it says there's enough coal there to last about 50 years, at least, uh, probably longer. And uh, they actually put out three tons of coal per second. 
The scale and productivity of the mine are difficult to imagine. It produces about three tons of coal per second, but despite its staggering output, the North Antelope Rochelle mine, along with uh, the other 1,300 coal mines operating in the U.S., is being threatened by the Obama administration. Well, it doesn't matter what administration is in, folks. It's, it's the same agenda. You've got to start learning that. The, the same agenda goes on. The clowns in front are simply changed. And the clowns don't run the country. The ones behind them do. On March 27th, just two days before my visit to the mine, the Environmental Protection Agency announced a proposal that would, if enacted, outlaw the construction of new coal-fired power plants in the U.S. The EPA's motives are clear. It believes that these plants, by emitting carbon dioxide and profusion, contribute to global warming. So it says there's no denying that coal has earned its reputation as a relatively dirty fuel, but those concerned about CO2 emissions and climate change should realize the administration's attack on coal is little more than a token gesture. The rest of the world will continue to burn coal. China will, and India, they've got a carte blanche as much as they want under the United Nations Agreement and the World Trade Organization. Reducing the domestic use of coal may force Americans to pay higher prices for electricity. Well, it certainly will, but will have nearly no effect on global emissions. So it's amazing. The, the mine's coal seam, the main, the main coal seam is 80 feet thick, it says here. And, of course, you've got a lot of generators working on that, that stuff, and your energy uses has got to go, go through the, the price is going to go, go through the roof eventually. Of course, that's part of the austerity program. So they have no spending money left at the end of the month. They'll all go in bills and so on. That's what austerity is all about. That's why they designed it, this program. And also in Germany, and Germany's only one country in this whole European Soviet Union, amalgam and they call the EU. And it says that leading politicians from across Germany's political spectrum called this weekend for a referendum on whether to transfer more powers, more powers, right, to Europe. As a survey suggested, most Germans would reject any move towards debt sharing among states. The head of Germany's main opposition SPD party, Sigmar Gabriel, warned Saturday or Sunday that the country's parliament is currently working on a permanent state of emergency under constitutional law as it seeks to overcome the Eurozone's debt crisis. Well, every country in the world's pouring money into this so-called debt crisis. There's been no accounting to where it goes. It's another big banking scam. But remember what the Council on Foreign Relations says. We always use a crisis to our advantage. Well, you see, they want, and this was the old thing under the Council on Foreign Relations Plan, the Royal Institute for International Affairs Plan, to bring in the global society. They wanted all the central governments, uh, central banks, which they would construct, private banks, they'd own. Remember, the, the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR, are private themselves. They'd bring it in across the world under an umbrella of the Bank for International Settlements. And the IMF, of course, would be the guys who would do the bookkeeping for every single country once they have them all amalgamated. They've still got to do it with the Americas, and they're doing that through terrorism. We've got to keep bind ourselves together to save ourselves, etc., etc. And the Far East Rim, too, as it goes under China. So it's all working out the way it's supposed to go, actually. And uh, the crisis is essential to, to bring this new system in. And, of course, the money, what happens to the money doesn't matter. They'll never tell us where it all went. Because money is a con game. It's all based on fraud to begin with, this debt stuff and so on. I mean, when you borrow, you get literally nothing except a check, you see. There's, not, there's nothing backing it up. There's nothing moving across the country that's tangible. It's all electronic blips, so it's all a con game anyway. But they've got to train the public to believe in it, you see. And the public do. 
And nothing will change until the same, these, these guys, these cronies, are, are out of the system and a new system is brought in. It won't change. can't change the same people all the time. Then their sons take over. And this is an odd article here. It says, Infrastructure Protection, Obama Considering Executive Order for Infrastructure Protection. And it's exploring where to issue an executive order to protect the U.S. critical computer infrastructure from cyber attack. Now, I thought they'd already done a whole bunch of them already. And they have. Most of the things that they really do, they never tell you. You understand? White House sources say an executive order is being considered after a 2nd of August procedural vote in the Senate that all but doomed a cybersecurity bill endorsed by Obama as well as current and former national security officials from both Republican and Democratic institutions. Well, you see, they already have private organizations doing the cybersecurity and cyber attacks, and we'll talk about that later in the broadcast back after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix talking about this, uh, this uh, possibility of a new executive order for infrastructure protection as though they had none at all. So something else is going on behind it, of course. As I say, uh, they've got so many private uh, groups now, all staffed by CIA guys, NSA, that uh, they do all the work too, and cyber attacks even as, as well. So there's something else going on there is it gives more and more power to the executive branch. In Iran too, of course, they had the earthquake. What a coincidence because this is old stuff to do with harp technologies. I mean, old stuff. You go into the United Nations uh, agreements, which they've updated every other year since the 1970s, and they said that uh, it could cause earthquakes, tsunamis, blah, 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 a whole bunch of things it can cause, meaning they'd already tested it out and they can do that. So uh, Iran gets hit by um, an earthquake and it kills at least 180 people over the weekend there. 6.2 magnitude earthquake has leveled villages and damaged homes in northwestern Iran, killing at least 180, injuring more than 1,350 others, it says. Hit the towns of Ahar, Haras and Varzakwan in East Azerbaijan province, the TV reported. At least six villages were totally leveled and 60 others sustained damage, ranging from 50 to 80 percent, it said. The epicenter of the quake was a region between Ahar and Harris, 300 miles northwest of the capital Tehran, according to Khalil C, uh, local crisis committee chief. So, I mean, ob- I mean, 40 years ago, Brzezinski said this kind of technology would be used. And it really is far more, it can alter weather, it can create earthquakes, it's tsunamis. And uh, this is all stuff signed into the agreements on, on uh, warfare techniques to do with weather warfare at the United Nations since the 70s. And they said it's, it's worse than the atom bomb because the, the, the chaos that can rip across a whole continent if they want to is phenomenal if they want to. But they can also localize it as well, and they can also concentrate uh, a whole bunch of the HARP uh, projects together and bounce it off the ionosphere and focus it like a magnifying glass would focus it down in a pinprick on the world and give you earthquakes as well. So we'll never know because the beauty of it is they can never they never have to admit to it. That's the beauty of all silent weapons, weapons for quiet wars. You know, that's what it is. And, of course, they're really out for Iran, as they, and they have been for years and years and years. 
Now, the Olympic Games, this, this bread and circuses, is nothing new. I mean, the ancient Romans did it, and, uh, and especially during times of crisis, when things aren't going too well, and you've got a bit of inflation and, and high prices, they always bring out bread and circuses. But the, the cost of everything today, these bread and circuses, is phenomenal, and the public pay for all of it. And they pay and pay forever. It says the Olympic Games will have paid for itself by 2021. Well, that, I would say that even that's a maybe, if, if they're lucky. Leading economists have said that ultimately the London Olympics will start making the city money, although not until 2021. The Games came in at a, in a revised budget of £10 billion, although the Centre for Economics and Business Research also said that people who stayed at home or took holidays during the Olympics cost the economy £1 billion, uh, taking the total cost of the Games to £11 billion. Uh, the Stratford area of East London was transformed by the Games, and CERBR said if the politicians properly exploited the regeneration of the area, they could start generating an extra $1.8 billion a year into the economy. Well, that won't happen. Look where else they put these things up and they start falling apart in no time at all. And uh, that's what will happen here too. But you're left with the debts. You're left with the debt. It taught a lot of lessons to the public, though, that you're now in a new world order. And you've got massive security because of terrorism is everywhere you see and always will be from now on till eternity, apparently. And uh, as we're through massive changes, you've got to have something to get martial law type situations in. So you're, you're all getting trained uh, that not nowhere is safe. Nowhere is safe. You're not safe. And you need all this big brother stuff to, to keep you safe, you see. Also, I know it's to Japan's... Uh, Economy is really down big time, and they're really suffering financially. But also, there's a severe abnormalities found in Fukushima butterflies. It's, it's out today, and I think it says that um, exposure to radioactive material released into the environment have caused mutations in butterflies found in Japan. In a new study, scientists found an increase in leg, antenna, and wing-shaped mutations amongst the butterflies collected following the 2011 Fukushima accident. The link between the mutations and radioactive material was shown by laboratory experiments. And it says it's been published in the journal Scientific Reports. That's the name of the journal, Scientific Reports. Two months after the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant accident in 2011, a team of Japanese researchers collected 144 adult pale grass uh, blue butterflies from 10 locations in Japan, including the Fukushima area. When the accident occurred, the adult butterflies would have been uh, overwintering as larvae. Uh, by comparing mutations found in the butterflies from different sites, the team found that the areas with greater amounts of radiation in the environment were home to butterflies with much smaller wings and irregularly developed eyes. It's believed that the insects are very resistant to radiation. That's what they used to always believe. In that sense, the results were unexpected because they have been mutated. And it says, um, the team then bred these butterflies within the labs, 1,090 miles away from the accident where artificial radiation could hardly be detected. By breeding these butterflies that they began noticing a suite of abnormalities that they hadn't seen in the previous generation and they collected from Fukushima, such as malformed antenna, which the insects used to explore their environment and seek out mates. And six months later, they again collected adults from the ten sites and found that butterflies from the Fukushima area showed mutation rates more than double that of those found sooner after the accident. So it's actually increasing. Back with more after this. You're listening.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the Matrix and also... For those who are not aware of it, it says the NNSA and FBI conducted the 100th uh, Weapons of Mass Destruction counter-terror exercise in the U.S. It says University of Cincinnati on August 9th was the 100th such exercise conducted by the NNSA's Offices of Counterterrorism Policy and Cooperation and Global Threat Reduction and the FBI. It says the exercise at the NNSA as part of their Silent Thunder, they love these names, Silent Thunder tabletop series, it's like some sort of game or something, video game, aimed at giving federal, state and local officials, first responders and law enforcement critical hands-on experience in responding to a terrorist attack involving radiological materials. Amazing you had none of this during the Cold War when we're supposed to all get blown up. The NNSA began the Weapons of Mass Destruction Counterterrorism Exercise Program in 1999 and it has grown to include both domestic Department of Energy facilities and private sector locations, such as hospitals and universities, said the NNSA. The exercises carried out primarily in the U.S. have also included foreign participants. During the, the UC exercise, uh, an official from the International Atomic Agency, Energy Agency observed for the first time for the Thunder series, so they're an observer there from the, the Atomic Energy Agency. So it, it's just amazing what's really going on and how everything's combined now, all intelligence, private intelligences too, and uh, foreign participants as well, different armies, etc., all helping out and yada, yada, yada. Because we're all in one world, we're global now, you see. And you have to train the people now simply to obey, obey, obey. That's what fear is supposed to do, you see. You obey authorities in situations where, where if you didn't have some sort of crisis, you, you shouldn't be obeying them at all. You see, you give up all your rights by just acquiescing to their, their demands and going along with things. And also, as says here, the U.S. government is secretly spying on everyone using civilian security cameras, say WikiLeaks. Now, WikiLeaks is really under attacks right now uh, by a, an agency within the United States, it seems to be. And it says, uh, it says that um, anyone who takes a photograph at high-risk locations is logged as a suspicious terrorist on a vast network of secret spy cameras linked to the U.S. government, according to leaked emails. They're using, uh, if you ever saw the Enemy of the State, the movie Enemy of the State, done in the 90s, they had all that showing to them there, where the NSA could use all their own official cameras and all the private ones through stores, alleyways, and subways, and so on, uh, and, and put them all together and follow anybody anywhere. So they've, they've actually been doing this all along. And it says that people pointing cameras in New York are regarded as suspicious and the facial recognition images of them from the civilian CCTV are fed into a data, a data center run by U.S. firm Abraxas. Now, more on, on Abraxas later because this is a big story on Abraxas and Stratfor. Stratfor is the agency they combined with recently. These are private, very big, private, they're actually arms of the NSA, but they're private and they're, they're huge all staffed by NSC and CIA members, etc. That's how you get things done in the real world. You don't go through something that has to, to be responsible to the public or public complaints. These guys are private. 
The system then connects with hundreds of other cameras in a bid to pinpoint potential terrorist activity. As claimed, details of the system emerged from emails released by whistleblowers' website WikiLeaks. This caused outrage amongst privacy campaigners amid fears that it could be abused. Well, of course it will be abused. It's probably abused since they started it. It's been disturbed, it's got disturbing echoes of the film The Bourne Identity, starring Matt Damon, in which CIO officials use a network of spy cameras to track the, around the world someone they, they thought they had assassinated. Well, as I say, they already had it long before that with Enemy of the State. According to the email released by WikiLeaks, pictures of people's faces are encrypted and sent to a fortified data center at a secret location. The trapwire system, that's what they call it, and we're all under it, by the way, everywhere. Have been for a while. It's run by Abraxas and is linked to civilian CTV cameras. Uh, the firm owned by the Cubic Corporation is apparently staffed by large numbers of former CIA employees. Uh, and I say Stratford is a partner with them. Uh, the cameras in its trapwire system are one of its methods it uses to do this. It uh, is used by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in a bid to deter terrorist attacks or catch those responsible once an incident has happened. According to the company's own documents from 2007, Trapwire is a unique predictive software system designed to detect patterns of per-attack, I guess I mean pre-attack surveillance, I guess. It includes photographing, measuring, and signaling. So, we're, we're well under this whole system, and um, I'll put this link up tonight. They're using it in London, Canada, and even in Australia. It's worldwide, this organization. And really, it's unaccountable to the public because, you see, they're private. This is how you get round it all. Private. You've got to understand, too, that the Royal Institute for International Affairs, apart from being a private, non-political organization that runs the world in all politics, and they put in your prime ministers and presidents, and they staff all your high bureaucratic positions, too, across the world, every country. They're also private, but they're also, they're also, they are also an intelligence agency, the first big one. Because even their headquarters at Chatham House in England, London, uh, was put, turned into the, to the, to the, to the first intel, the combined, uh, British American forces during World War II, the OSS. So why did they do that? Because they did that because you see, all their agents already were the spying system for the League of Britain. Already. Still are. I've noticed too, even the Stratford documents, because often they'll put articles out there on, just like the Council on Foreign Relations, in fact, their their goals for the world, when you look at them, are identical to the Council on Foreign Relations. Completely all merged together, all these organizations, these private organizations, running us, you see, and telling the government what to do. Quite something. It really is quite something. And... Also, uh, it says EPIC, Electronic Privacy Information Center. The White House pulls down the TSA petition. Approximately 11.30 a.m., it says uh, the White House removed a petition about the TSA airport screening procedures from the White House We the People website. About 22,500 of the 25,000 signatures necessary for a response from the administration were obtained when the White House unexpectedly cut short the time period for the petition. The site also went down for maintenance, they said, uh, following an article on Wired that sought support for the campaign. So that's what they do. They give you, oh, you fill this in, we'll have a look at it, you know. And then once they see you, there's going to be too many signatures on it, you'll have to look into it. They simply pull it, and that's, that's your system for you. 
And tonight, too, I'm going to mention this is Stratfor. This is Stratfor emails reveal secret widespread trap wire surveillance system. This is the guys who's in with Abraxas as well. This is every few seconds data picked up at surveillance points in major cities and landmarks across the U.S. It's everywhere, as I say. Are recorded digitally on the spot, then encrypted and instantaneously delivered to a fortified central database center at an undisclosed location to be aggregated with other intelligence. It's part of a program called Trapwire. It's a brainchild of the Abraxas, a Northern Virginia company staffed with an elite from America's intelligence community. That's why it's in Northern Virginia. The employee rostered Abraxas reads like a who's who of agents once with the Pentagon, CIA and other government entities, according to the public LinkedIn profiles. And the corporation's ties are assumed to go deeper than even documented. The details on Abraxas and to an even greater extent Trapwire are scarce, however, and not without reason, for a program touted as a tool to thwart terrorism and monitor activity meant to be under wraps. It's understandable that Abraxas would want the program's public presence to be relatively limited. But thanks to last year's hack of the Strategic Forecasting Intelligence Agency, or Stratfor, all of that is quickly changing. Hacktivists aligned with Lucent Anonymous Collective took credit for hacking Stratfor on Christmas Eve, in turn collecting what they claimed to be more than 5 million emails from within the company. WikiLeaks began releasing these emails as a global intelligence files earlier this year. Of those, several discussing the implementation of trapware in public spaces across the country were circulated on the web this week after security researcher Justin Ferguson brought attention to the matter. At the same time, however, WikiLeaks was relentlessly assaulted by a barrage of distributed denial-of-service attacks, crippling the whistleblower site and its mirrors, significantly cutting short the number of people who would otherwise have unfettered access to the emails. On a Wednesday, an administrator for WikiLeaks' Twitter account wrote that the site suspected that the motivation for the tax could be that particular sensitive Stratfor emails were about to be exposed. A hacker group called AntiLeaks soon after took credit for the assault on WikiLeaks. Well, AntiLeaks probably is a part, it's just a name that dreamed up at Stratfor and Abraxas to do cyber attacks, obviously. And mirrors of the content, quitting the offensive as a protest against Julian Assange, the head of a new breed of terrorists, it says. I'll put that up tonight, too. And also I'll put up tonight, though, some, uh, some things to do, uh, some PDFs to do with, uh, uh, this organization. They've got the partnering agreement, quite an interesting agreement, uh, between Abraxas, uh, and also, uh, Stratfor. And this is the actual agreement they came to for their, for their deal. And it's, uh, it's the official one, that is. I'll put that up tonight for you to look at it and it gives the roles and responsibilities to each other as they're working together. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting. I also put up another one and it's to do with, uh, safe harbor privacy policy trap wire. It's called the PDF. It says this policy outlines our general policy and practices regarding personal information entered into U.S.-based uh, systems by European Economic Area, subscribing customers, and personal information entered into our EEA-based systems, which may be accessed from the U.S. And, it's, again, it's quite interesting when you go through the legalism of the actual documents themselves, how they even define what personal information is. It's all legalisms, right? But uh, sensitive personal information is on it too, and uh, so on and so on. Anyway, I'll put that up tonight as well. And also uh, the white paper, it says, a trapwire general description. Again, the official PDF 
Uh, I don't know if it's still up there yet or not, but I've got a link to the site too. You can download it tonight for those who want to do it. It's quite quite interesting. And now there's a, a guy on the on the hang on the line here. I think it's Mike from uh, Pennsylvania. Are you there, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, just want to tell the listeners that even if it's five, ten dollars, just donate to this show because you know anything you can just to keep it going because I, I help support it too. Um, about the about nine eleven two thousand eleven. Uh, this new demonic date. Um, I was out in Las Vegas. I live in Pennsylvania. So I was out, out there at the time. It was right after their big seance around that time. And massive helicopters all over the city all the, all day, all night, literally. Mm-hmm. When I get home a few days later, massive drones everywhere, literally day and night. I mean, literally hundreds Sometimes even a thousand a day, because I got really sensitive ears. But I mean, um, I go back to Vegas a few times since then. Helicopters day and night. Mm-hmm. This is this is the new America. Um, now I'm in the last in Pennsylvania. I'm in the last rural, um, urban county, uh, about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. I mean, I'm thinking of going way up north there. Um, North Central Pennsylvania, but they're going to be there someday too. Port Indian Town Gap, there's going to be over a hundred drone sites. I mean, yeah. well over, and, that, and they're probably lying about that. They lie about everything the government. Mm-hmm. They're going to be up there someday. You know, I know yeah. I have relatives that live one county north. They don't. I was up there a few times. I don't hear nothing. They said they don't hear anything, but but it's coming. Oh, it's and, coming. Um, yeah. I mean, where do you go? You, you go to Maine. Do you go to Montana? I, I noticed that they might be. Or I don't see them on the map. Do you go to certain parts of Canada? Mm-hmm. Or do you take political asylum in a country that has some weapons like Russia or something? I don't know. What do you do? Yeah. Uh, well, you're quite right because this, they've, they've said it. This is the future. This is the future for the U.S. forever. Uh, and it's going to be a big part of the economy is even making drones in North Carolina. They said they're going to turn the state into one of the biggest drone creators for big business. And... Uh, and other articles have come out. Every police force across the U.S. wants drones, their own little drone stations. Uh, so you're quite right. They're going to be absolutely everywhere, not just the big ones that you're seeing, but the smaller ones, too, right down to insect-sized things. So, I mean, who, this is the world they want. They're telling you they're going to bring in, and you're supposed to just accept it dumbly and go along with it. I mean, you, you, your brain can't work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of just a tiny bit creative, but, but I mean, my brain can't now, I have to carry Bose Quiet Comfort 15 headphones every, when I go outside, even in the house. Yeah. Because of these bastards. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, what do you do at a certain point? I mean, I mean, they're going to mow people. I mean, I, don't, I think they're going to kill them, not just by firing in houses. I think this infrared mm-hmm. yeah. is beat, beat blasting through people's houses already. Well, well it is. I, I, actually, I, I they've mean, been it, doing I, that. I think the drones themselves are going to kill people because you, you, if you Google searches on animals about... Uh, real high, low frequency noises and high decibels. They, they literally shortens their lives. It and, does. and they're doing this day and night. It, it, yeah, I mean, in the 70s, they, they brought out a movie called Blue Thunder. And that was one of the preparatory movies to get us all used to the idea of big futuristic helicopters going over watching us through our, our roofs, through our walls, through everything. 
and uh, we're here. It's actually here. They've been doing it for years. But now with the drones, of course, they can, they've got a lot more in the sky. And you're quite right. They do have infrared capabilities. They do bathe your home in, in microwave as they look through you and so on. So, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they don't need the TSA to come to your home. They're just no, they don't. Through. I mean, this is just, this is just so demonic what, what's happened in this country. Yes. Um, I, I just can't believe that you can't even get, I mean, I go outside and I do Sam Kinison rants and yell and scream at the airplanes when mm-hmm. they, I mean, but, but no, the neighbors, they don't care. They don't know. No, they'll adapt into it. Uh, there's so many movies up now and so many uh, domestic dramas about terrorism on. Uh, they're already adapting into by fiction into the reality. So, so they do it quite. Yeah, it's all working together. You see. I mean, where do you, where where do I go from? I mean, do, I, do you think North Central Pennsylvania, Maine, Montana? I mean, where where leave the country? I leave the country. Lots of folk already have. In Canada they, or. Yeah. Yeah, they've left the country and they've gone elsewhere because they know that the, the most surveyed country, apart from Britain, is the U.S., yeah. Uh, and then here, Italy's getting drones. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're all going to have drones. I, I think maybe the countries with the guns might, you might be able to have a little hope there. I, I, I know the New World Order hates Slavic people. I'm half Slavic, half Italian. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be quieter in Russia than it is here. Yeah. It, it's what? It's actually going to be quieter in Russia than it is here. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And so uh, that, that, that's the future, and, of, and every article from it, all academia will affirm that, that uh, that is our future, get used to it. That's, that's what they're telling us. That's what the CFR is telling us, get used to it. An article I read last week about drones. I'm literally, I literally have to sleep in a bunker down, down in the basement, literally. I mean, yeah. it, it just, it, this is how awful... I, I yeah. wanted you to comment, too, that with the Syrian, if the U.S. is going to roll over Russia and China, or are they just actors? And Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do that when I come back. Back after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix and just answered the caller's question about uh, about Syria and to do with uh, China and maybe even Russia agitating about what's happening. I mean, they come out and say the right things, certainly. Uh, but remember, China, for instance, is still a totalitarian system, very much so. And, uh, and so there's politics involved. But remember, too, that China also holds the debt pretty well, a good part of the debt, most of the debt for the U.S. So uh, there's something else going on. And, and we've got to remember, too, that the big boys who created the Royal Institute for International Affairs set up the whole agenda for free trade across the world and uh, special partners and all the rest of it. China was to be one of them down the road. In fact, we built China up out of nothing. And uh, so it's not an enemy at all. It's completely interwoven with what we do. Now, they were, they're still pushing for more territory in their own uh, China Sea region, of course. But I, I don't think they'll do anything if, if uh, the U.S. goes into Syria. China, Russia, too, is very doubtful, even, even from financial aspects in the present situation, if they'll actually do anything either. If they keep complaining, they can get various concessions from the U.S. to get things that they want, if they keep quiet, and, and that might be the agreement, that if they keep quiet and allow it to happen, it's because the U.S. has given them what they've wanted, and that's really how these kind of geopolitics and so on works. 
So we'll have to wait and see. But we're in a world order regardless. And we've got to remember, too, that, uh, that the Soviet system didn't just collapse by itself. Uh, and uh, it, it's going out, it went out to merge with the West. Because we now are using the same planks of the Communist Manifesto. Uh, and we've actually we've fulfilled them all, uh, right down to destruction and marriage and all the rest of it. It's all been fulfilled in the West. So that was the idea. Lenin, he said that the... The, um, the, the whole uh, dictatorship would last for about one generation or 70 years, and then the West, he said, we'd, we'd blend in with the West, not quite capitalist, not quite communist. It's now what they call liberal or socialist, but it's, it's really totalitarian. That's what it is. And um, so I don't expect any real opposition at all from the, the big boys whatsoever. Even though the U.S. is putting missile sites around uh, countries around which surround the Soviet or, or Russia, I should say, modern-day Russia, uh, just, just to, as an added safeguard. But I don't expect anything much will happen there for a while. And getting back to WikiLeaks, it says website was a target of cyber attack. And this is from Reuters, and it says that... Uh, WikiLeaks said its website has been the target of the cyber attack on Tuesday as it uh, proceeded with the release of thousands of previously unpublished U.S. diplomatic cables, some still classified. And WikiLeaks.org is apparently under attack. It says uh, it's getting four gigs per second actually banged at their Australian site and uh, I think ten uh, less actually uh, elsewhere. But it described the problem as a cyber attack. So it is a cyber attack, a proper cyber attack, and it's not a bunch of children in the U.S. that's ticked off with them for letting a lot of the cats out the bag on, on security within the U.S. It's obviously one of the big agencies itself. So they're actually retaliating now as they were they set them up to do. You're actually seeing cyber warfare. And cyber warfare has been going on for a long time, mainly against small characters as they fry your computers and things like that, or you, you can't get access. Like half the time I can't pull up sites during the day when some, somebody's playing with me. But this is a big type of cyber attack where you, you can't get in there because they're hitting it with so many computers all at once. And that's how they're doing it. That's the world we're living in. Because you see, you're not supposed to know that private intelligence agencies are running pretty well the world on behalf of their masters. Uh, they're all... Institute of International Affairs for International Affairs and CFR that planned this 100-year plan of globalism and you're going through part of it today the latter part not the end though but the latter part because there's another stage after this from Haitian Myself Ontario, Canada it's good night to me your God or your gods go with you <laughs>